And I want to look at a word that we've been given um, that I believe that we can utilize during these times. And to recognize, again, it's something that's been provided, but we, we have to access it. And this word is comfort. And, you know, we, we have an idea of what comfort means to me. You know, like a little kid, um, you know, they'll cry about the silliest thing. You know, uh, they didn't get something that they wanted or something. And, and, and all you have to do for a little kid is say, hey, we're going to go get some ice cream. Hayden, Hayden had an alley going on. You know how kids can put up a, a, a storm, you know, that's, that's more meant for comfort than it is really because something's really bad, you know? <laughs> and, and moms tend to provide that in a way that kids like it a whole lot more. Um, and so Hayden had something going on. He, he got hurt in some way. And you know, he's, he's doing the little kid wail, you know? And, and uh, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not moved by those things. Me and God aren't moved by need. We're moved by faith, right? It's not. <laughs> so, but, but, <laughs> so, so I, you know, I'm trying to console him, you know, in the way that I can. And uh, he stops crying and he says, mom says, oh. <laughs> and Pat's, huh? Then he went back to wailing. It's like, he needed to instruct me on how, how to, to console and to, and, to, and to provide comfort. And um, so I, I've been looking at this because, um, you know, I like that song, you know, oh, tidings of comfort, right? You know, and joy, comfort and joy. And we sing that. And, and you know, you think about the time that when Jesus came to earth, you know, it was not a good time here on earth for the, for the Jews, was it? I keep thinking, man, just to have to go to the Middle East without an air conditioner? I mean, that's, that's a pretty big deal right there, you know. And the Son of God gets plopped down right there. Doesn't even go to a nice hotel. It must have been really hot, you know, and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and <laughs> but here's what happens. And, and even in the birth of Christ, there was, there was a demonstration of comfort because they were going through bondage. They were being ruled by a very oppressive uh, regime. The Romans, right? And comfort comes in the, in the form of a diversion to another reality that, that allows you to have hope even though you're surrounded by doubt and, and destruction. Um, it's kind of like, like Jesus in the, in the bottom of the boat. You know, it's like, how, how could he do that? Well, because he was getting... <laughs> He was comfortably sleeping in the bottom of the boat. What's that about? Because he was getting his comfort from some other place than a stupid storm. Okay, I'll admit, I, I was kind of inspired in this by, by observing some of the news. And, you know, I think you ought to be careful which news you're watching. But even any news that you're watching now, it looks like it's the end. I'm sorry, it just looks like it's the end. You know, just gas prices alone are, can completely destroy our economy. And, you know, and, uh, uh, well, I, I, and I don't want to glorify that. But I don't want to get caught up in it either. And I don't, want, I don't want my relationship in God to be ruled by fear of that. 
So it's so necessary for us to, 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 to understand what comfort is and how to apply it and for how our source, because uh, what happens during this time is, is even in this event that just happened this last week, you got all these talking heads and bobbleheads and whatever else they are, you know, that, that want to pipe up and say, I got the answer, I got the answer, everybody follow me, you know? Man, that's scary itself. It's just, it's, please be quiet. You're kind of scary, you know. <laughs> but it, we're we're to live in the world, but not be of the world. We're supposed to be separated from this stuff, Amen. And so, there's going to have to be an intentional thing that we do to make sure that we're secure, that our anchor holds. Amen. And I'm so grateful that we, we have Jesus. We have, we have the Father God. But you know what? I was, I was so impressed in that this morning. Um, he, he's in this realm that, that we really have. Uh, maybe you're way, way better at me at this, at, at this than I am. But I mean, he's in another realm from us. That it's going to require some, some intentional taking some time to actually go to a place he's made available for us at his side, right? For this to be real, otherwise we get caught up. If we're living in this world, we're so consumed with other things in the world. You know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the disciples. You know, they were still doing business even right after Jesus died. They said, well, let's go fishing. It's probably Larry. That's probably the one that, you know, that didn't get the name in the Bible. He was like, Larry said, let's go fishing. Well, I guess we don't have anything else. But, but there's so many opportunities to get caught up in the things of the world, and we have to do things. We have to work jobs. We have to do some other things. But where is our comfort coming from? And if we're not intentionally making sure that it's coming from uh, what we've been given a, an opportunity for it to come from. Amen. And actually learn what that's like, you know? Because it's not going to be just something we just say, oh, yeah, I got that. Put it in your back pocket, and now you just pull it out whenever you need it. It's something, it's going to have to be your life, right? And I I wanted to look at this and just kind of break it down and say, okay, what does it take to actually have comfort? (laughs) Because if you're a cowboy out on the range, you never drive a car and you're completely off the grid, it does you no comfort to know that the gas prices are going down, right? It has to be something you actually care about. Your, your family, you know what? I take comfort in, in, in the knowledge that my family is being cared for. That something they're going through is being resolved. I, I get comfort from that. <laughs> but there was a time in my life when I never, I never thought I would ever want to have a family. All I wanted to do was play the guitar, you know, and it's like... <laughs> At that point, I didn't have much care. It did, it, you're not going to comfort me talking about my, my family at that point. But now, it's real to me now. So, for there to even be comfort, and I don't think any of us are without a need for it. Anybody without a need for comfort is saying, I'm good. Uh, me, and, me and Leon, we got a genius brain, and we're just going to make it without God and everything else. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elon. I've seen if anybody caught me. All right. I got to just come on. That was a little dyslexic moment there. So, all right. 
So all of us are not without this, but it requires it for you to even recognize that you need comfort in an area of your life, right? You're going to have to have a sense of loss. And so obviously this last week, I mean, there's a a whole bunch of people that are experiencing this tragic loss. And and, and what is, so I won't get there yet, but... (laughs) Some of the things that are being provided is a comfort. It's like, would you please be quiet? You know, because when there's a loss, it's very important what that, that source and the substance of your comfort is going to be, right? So there can be a sense of loss. I mean, we'll see this in the scripture, bondage. You know, and there's different kinds of bondage. There's actually, you know, there, there's whole... There's slavery going on in this country big time right now. That people are actually bound in actual physical slavery. But there's a lot of bondage in our flesh. You know, a lot of Christians are bound in their flesh in ways that are... And it, and it doesn't matter that Jesus already took care of it if you're still bound in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still hurting you. It's still causing you grief because that's what sin does. It steals, it kills, it, it destroys, and it causes mental anguish, right? And what do you need then? You need comfort. <laughs> you need, this is what mama does, right? This, this is what God does. <laughs> Hopelessness, fear, or trouble, just anything, right? And I believe, we're, I'm, I'm talking to all of us here this morning, right? We all have, 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 have a need for it. But it's very important to recognize that's something that requires being dealt with, right? So, and then you need a credible source. What do I mean by a credible source? You know what? It's like I, I was referring to some of these, these individuals that we're probably familiar with that I'm listening to. Don't, please don't talk to me. In fact, I, I don't know. I've, I've kind of gotten a really uh, an aversion to anybody tell, talking to me about COVID anymore. I just don't want to hear anybody talk about it, you know? You know, it's like, until somebody can actually get this right, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we got knocked off of YouTube there. But, but, you, but, but you know what I mean? For you to get comfort from somebody, it's going to have to be mama. It's going to have to be somebody that you actually will receive it from. Now, this is very important in the context of what we're talking about because you know what? Sometimes God is giving us comfort, but we don't have the kind of relationship where we even call him a credible God. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So we need to have a credible source. Some, some place where we're going to act, when we get comfort, it's going to be received because that's the next one. You have to be willing to receive it, Right? It's going to have to come to a heart that is receptive of this. Why? Because action needs to be taken. Comfort does no good if you just pat on the back. No, there needs to be an adjustment of where I'm going. And we'll see this. It's so interesting. I was looking for the definition of, of, of the, these words that we're going to look at from the scriptures. And it was so interesting to me to see that for comfort... The translation is oftentimes repentance. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because until you get an adjustment of your direction, 
You just stay in a place of bondage. <laughs> right? So there's going to have to be, you're going to have to be going through something. You're going to have to come into a relationship with somebody that's a credible source to you that you're going to trust. And then your heart's going to have to be open. You know what? You can have a closed heart and it doesn't matter who speaks to you. All right, just, just a minute. I, this was just kind of interesting. So we, we have some new chairs coming. Are you excited? You can go ahead and see. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. We've got some new chairs coming. In 20 months, or no, 20 weeks. <laughs> Not 20 months, 20 weeks. <laughs> oh, it just takes a long time to manufacture. So this is going to take a while. So anyway, I was talking to, uh, is it Amy? Lindsay, where is Lindsay? Oh, she's back with the kids again. Um, anyway, I was talking to this, this sales lady, and she married Billy Graham's grandson. Isn't that interesting? And I was just asking her about Billy Graham. She said, you know what? He was called. He knew he was called. He, it, it wasn't about him at all. She said it was just totally amazing. She said, now some of his family, <laughs> said, not so much, but... but <laughs> But it's, it's necessary to have this position before God that it's not about you, but it's about what he wants for you. That he understands more about you than somebody that you're hanging out with that likes to talk about what they think about this or that. <laughs> Cheech and Chong. They always had... An opinion of something, right? <laughs> well, this is what, wow, the world just opens up to me. You know, it's like, all right. So I just come up with a definition, kind of put some of these together here real quick. So, so um, comfort is to alleviate grief or a sense of loss by providing strength, hope, direction, and provision. So it's not just a nice word. You're actually providing something. Right? I'm so thankful that I didn't just get a message of, I'm going to hell. <laughs> no, Jesus died for me. So now I can receive him. And now I can not just receive him and go to heaven. Now I can have life completely. Amen? <laughs> Man, is that comfort or what? Yeah. But you see how we have a part to play in it? Amen? So, making things right that appear ominous, fearful, and out of place. So, what comfort does is it takes something that seems like it's unbearable. And even though you might still be in that situation, now you see that something can be done. Amen? You know, I thought, I thought about those, because uh, I was watching one of those movies about a, a pilot, you know, um, in, in a plane. And they, they'll, they'll put a picture of their wife and their little baby there, you know. They're fixing to go into battle, and they're getting comfort from something that's real that's in another place. And they're going into this themselves, but they're getting comfort from another place. Amen? This is what we have. <laughs> this is what we have to access, or else we get caught up in the battle. All right, let's keep going. So, Isaiah actually commands this. <laughs> of us and, and we'll get to this because this is not just comfort isn't just for us it's for what flows through us 
You cannot be comforted without becoming a comforter. It, it will flow through you, okay? So Isaiah 40, uh, 1 through 5 says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Don't you like this? Now, the your God alone puts him into the credible department. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges for us. Is God really our God? Is he, are we really responding to what he's saying, right? But he's, and so he's, he's saying that to, saying, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and tell her that her sad days are gone. Don't you like the way God is with us? I, I, I just love being in the presence of God, sensing his tenderness towards me. Because I'm thinking, Man, God, you really don't have to do this. You could really smash me right now. I can give you a list of stuff right now that you could smash me for, you know. But you love me. You care about me. You want me to be restored. You want me to be comforted, right? And he's, he's so Isaiah is prophesying Jesus coming. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and tell her that her sad days are gone, her sins are pardoned, and I have punished her in full for all her sins. Listen, I hear the voice of someone shouting, make a road for the Lord through the wilderness. Make him a straight, smooth road through the desert. Fill the valleys, level the hills, straighten out the crooked paths, and smooth off the rough spots in the road for the the glory of the Lord will be seen by all mankind together. The Lord has spoken, it shall be. Don't you like that? What's he? He's prophesying about Jesus, isn't he? And who who was this prophesying directly to? John, right? But what what was John doing when he went around? All the time it said, and he went around preaching what? Repentance. You know what, I, 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 in this context, there's a little bit different perspective on what repentance is. Repentance is seeing hope in the middle of a, of a hopeless situation and taking advantage of that. Sometimes I'm thinking, wow, John has all these people making a list of their sins, saying, I ain't going to do that again, I ain't going to do that again. No, that's not what he was doing. He was saying, no, there's hope coming for you. That even, even though you're, you're bound in this, in this situation that looks hopeless for you, if you'll turn your face to God, there's hope for you. Amen? And he was fulfilling this prophecy. He said, all those things that look like they're so out of line. You know what? You might still be living in Egypt. <laughs> you might still be living in an America that looks like it's perilous. But for you, because of me, you can have comfort now. Amen? Because you're, this is not your life. Your life goes way beyond this. Amen? All right, let's keep going here. So Jesus, he was prophesying about him. But when Jesus came along, this was his role. To be a comforter. To take a situation where somebody could not get an answer for it. It's an impossible situation. This is why he went around healing everybody. To demonstrate comfort of God something where somebody was bound in something their whole life and he, he came along and what was he doing he was providing comfort 
He was taking them out of that situation and providing something for them that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So this is how he launches. <laughs> Don't you like, anytime you're going to do something big today, you, you got to launch it, right? You got to do like a web launch or something. You know, it's got to do a big, if you're going to actually have a real church, you have to have a church launch. You know, you have to have a big deal. So when Jesus got ready to launch what he was about, he gets up in, the, in front of the temple and he quotes this scripture about himself that's saying, I came to provide comfort. Now, we're going to, he doesn't actually say that, but let's look at what he does say. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach good news to who? The poor. Now, the poor can be somebody that doesn't have money, but it also can be somebody that is very poor in their spirit, right? Somebody that has lost things, has given up on life. What's good news to them? That they can be successful. They can have all their needs met. Amen? And so what is he doing when he does that? In, in the coming of himself, he's presenting something else to look to. It's like the little kid that lost his marble down the drain, and you tell him about ice cream, and now they have something else to look to. But you can't tell them you're going to get ice cream and not give them ice cream. Your word has to be good. That's why it's so important what Isaiah says. He says, the Lord has spoken this. This is going to happen. God ha God's word has to become something that we actually give credit to. That we actually believe it. If he said it, then that's what I'm going to build my life upon. Amen? So Jesus stands up and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord... <laughs> And he's doing this as a, as a premonition for us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. He's going to give us that same spirit. But let me not get ahead of myself too much. So he says, I came to preach good news to the poor. That's comfort to the poor, right? Yeah. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's comfort to the brokenhearted. And again, when we're looking at each one of these, look at it as an opportunity. Every time you provide comfort, it doesn't mean it's going to become comfort. The provision of comfort isn't the experience of comfort. You actually have to receive it. You have to do something. It has to change your life in some way. Amen? I, mean, I know people personally that have exactly what Jesus came to provide given to them and yet they hold on to the brokenness. You don't have to hold on to the brokenness, but you can. You're going to have to let go of that somehow. Amen? You can actually get addicted to brokenness. You can get addicted to sickness. And to announce that captives shall be released and the blind shall see that the downtrodden shall be freed from their oppressors and that God is ready to give blessings to all who do what? Come to him. Man, what we have in God is unlimited by everything on his side and limited only by our side, right? But there is a limitation on our side. You know, we, we were, 
we were, uh, we went to a church for a while. This minister was a great minister. And, um, you know, his grandfather passed away and he wasn't living for the Lord. And so according to what we believe, he's not going to heaven. So he just adjusted his theology to say that everybody's going to heaven. And it doesn't matter what you do. Everybody's just going to go to heaven. And it's, it's like, that's not what the Bible says, you know, <laughs> right? But what are we going to believe? What are we going to set our, our trust upon? It's going to have to be something that I participate in, or it's just an opportunity that sits there. Amen? The whole world just doesn't automatically. No, this is a relationship. God says, I present myself. I present nature before you as a representation of how awesome I am. And you can just go and choose video games instead. You know, or, all right. <laughs> Leon Musk Tesla. Here we go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> either we're either we're responding to this amazing God and allowing him to become our comfort or he's being displaced by things that will pass away and will falter. Amen. So Jesus he presents him this is his big launch and he says, "I've come to make a difference, to bring comfort." Amen. All right, let's go to John 14, 15. So Jesus came, and that's what he did while he was on the earth, right? And, I, and it's really interesting that a lot of times when he would provide comfort in the area of, of, a, of a sickness, he would immediately go to a bigger comfort that they needed. They needed forgiveness. He would provide salvation. And, and this, this is really what messed up the religious people. They said, man, you can heal people, but don't you go talking about that forgiveness that's something only god can do <laughs> but that's what he came to do because without forgiveness you stay in the pit you can get healed but you're still in the pit I said no we gotta i'm gonna give you this comfort to gain credibility for you to allow me to provide even a greater comfort amen because forgiveness has to be received not just given Amen. So, so he had to leave, though. He said, I have to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. While he was on the earth, he was a physical person that could only be in one place at a time. He said, I'm going to go, and now everybody across the whole world can experience my presence. Amen? And not just experience my presence, but gain what? comfort so what is the purpose of the holy spirit is to take us in whatever condition we're in and adjust our perspective as long as we're willing for there to be an adjustment of our lifestyle that's the purpose of the comforter not to just say you're okay the way you are no say i love you the way you are but comfort doesn't leave you there Comfort extracts you from that place by providing you with an answer. Yeah, saying, this is who I've made you to be. Yeah. <laughs> but it's up to you to, to walk in that. All right? So it says, if you love me, obey me. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. And he will never leave you. Don't you like that? If you love. It's, it's all about relationship. 
Comfort from the Father is going to have to be wrapped in love, right? He is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who leads into all truth. The, the world at large cannot receive him, for it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you do, for he lives with you now and someday shall be in you. Man, I want to be challenged in this. You know, this can happen in a relationship, in a home. You can have all this wonderful honeymoon stuff that just dries up over 20 or 30 years. And you're living in the same home, but you're not really together anymore, right? This can happen with God. And this, this is a common thing with us is we can have this infatuation with this amazing God that gets squelched by infatuations with other things. And, 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 and we lose that, that, that intimacy with him, right? He says the Holy Spirit is coming to not just live with you, but to live in you. If that's a reality, there's going to be a possibility for comfort to be your way of life. That's why he's called the comforter. What does that mean? He, he, he's got an answer for whatever you're going through, but you got to access it. You got to go to it, right? So the Holy Spirit's give, been given to us, and man, I'm so great. I, I don't remember when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was just a little kid. You know, it was a thing to do. All my older sisters were doing it, you know, and it's, wow, it's fun. And you go up there and you cry and you feel, you know, you experience the presence of God. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But it's not just an experience. And, and that's something that I think, uh, for me, is, is man, I, I'm, still, I'm still going for this, right? Pressing toward, kind of like Paul said. You know, I, something's been gotten for me that I just got to press to try to get an understanding of how big this thing really is. Amen? Because what I have in the Holy Spirit is the completion of God in me. Amen? But either I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit and his comfort to me, or I'm shutting down and saying, I don't care if God said it, I'm still going to act like it's not true. Right? Okay. Uh, this is not condemnation to anybody. This is just, <laughs> this, is, this is comfort for us, okay? Because we're going to get some answers, right? All right. And I, and I believe we can, we can practice this. You want to practice this just a little bit today? Because the Holy Spirit is here right now. Holy Spirit is much more powerful than any other spirit in the world today. Amen? And he is ready. He is willing. He is wanting to, to overwhelm us with possibilities. Amen? And he's just needing us to say, God, here I am. Here I am. Fill me. Fill me with this fullness of who you are. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. So in death even, there's comfort of eternal life. Pastor Kim talked about this this morning. You know, we had this wonderful, if you didn't get to, to, to hear last, last week's, there's a lot of stuff going on today that are signs, that are indications that we are very close to Jesus coming back. And you know, that either causes you to be afraid or it causes you to be glad. Amen. But what we have in Christ that the Holy Spirit comes to make real in our life. And this is wonderful for me. I, I, 
Every time you activate the Holy Spirit, what you're doing is releasing eternal life from the inside in an actual experience that takes you into the realm of eternity and out of the realm of uh, the temporal realm, the earthly realm. And sometimes I think about this even, even when I'm praying. I'm thinking, if my prayers are making so much difference, why do I do them so little? You know? And if the Holy Spirit is this powerful being that he is, why do I not hang out with him more? Why do I not release this gift that he's put inside of me that Jesus went away so that I could operate in? Why do I not allow him to comfort me more? How many are comforted whenever you pray in the Holy Spirit? Amen. It's like, wow, there is so much more to develop in this. To the place where we are unshakable. We're, we're sleeping in the bottom of the boat when everybody else is up in arms about everything else, okay? But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others have no hope. So here's what happens. that the, All the things that are happening in the world that would cause us to be up in arms, the biggest one is death. They want to, th- that, this whole COVID thing was, oh, you might die. So my dad, my dad got COVID at Christmas a couple of years, right after, you know, that first Christmas. And uh, I think it was two weeks after he quit having symptoms, his doctor told him that he might die if he doesn't get a, a vaccination. And my dad's 88, and all he's talking about is going to heaven. And it's like... <laughs> because that's what the world does. It tries to hold the biggest thing over you, death. Ah, you might die. And you know what? We all are going to die. You know, get over it. Until you get over dying, you don't get to live. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So what I like about this is that what this this passage is doing is saying, you know what? Let's don't look at life like everybody else. Let's get comfort from the eternal from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to give us access to a vision of the eternal that removes us from the vulnerable to the temporal. There's too many alls in there, but but you know what I mean? It works, right? Because he liberates us from that. He says, "For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him with him those who sleep in Jesus." For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, what? Comfort one another with these words. How many of y'all been talking about this to each other lately? <laughs> well, since we had Joe last week, we've been talking about <laughs> This can come in different forms when we're no longer just talking about temporal things. But we're talking about eternal. Amen? Because it does no good to believe that Jesus rose from the grave if we don't believe that we're rising too. Amen? The whole purpose of him rising from the grave was so that we can And either we're getting comfort in that or we're staying in the pit in the bottom of the boat or in the (laughs) 
on the top of the boat, <laughs> knocked around by the waves, right? <laughs> because his resurrection should be something that, that, we, that is alive for us. Man, when I'm looking at you, I'm seeing somebody that has eternal life. And whatever you're going through in this life is just something that God's already taken care of that we deal with with comfort, not fear. We don't magnify the thing going on. We magnify the solution. Amen? Isn't that good? Let me just keep going. I've got some stuff here. Y'all doing all right this morning? This is good, isn't it? We need to know how to be comforted. And then we can know how to comfort when we do. Amen? Acts 9.31. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. There's, a, there's a, a kingdom success that only comes in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, we're talking about having the Holy Spirit and having him live in, in us and move in us and stuff. But this indicates, and it's interesting if you look at the, at the context this was in, this was when they were being put in prison and everything else, like in the, in the previous verses here. It's like the, it's, it's like the threats didn't go down but because they were walking in a different place in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it caused them to be productive. You know what? Even in Jesus, his greatest victory was when everybody else thought he was killed. Right? The Holy Spirit will lead us into places where the world might think we're not doing well. We might naturally not think we're doing well. But the Holy Spirit, when we are walking in the Spirit, amen, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. What does the comfort do? It provides you with a way to go that is different than what you're in. Amen? Okay. All right, let's keep going. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay. I just want to make this connection real quick because this is where we, we begin to apply it in our life. Who is God? And I, and, I, and I kind of jested with this before, but God is not moved by our need. He's moved by our faith. How do we please God? We please him by faith, right? By what we choose to do with our life. And that's, and I saw, you know what? Comfort is essential for faith. Because until you are comforted from the position that you're in, in, in a challenging position, you don't see the unseen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How are you going to make a connection to the unseen? By the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Comfort enables faith. And so this becomes something where, how, how are they walking in the comfort? They're walking in the words of God. What, what did I, Isaiah say? He declared these things. He said, it's going to be straight. It's going to be cleared. It's going to be leveled. It's going to be done this. The Lord says so. Where do we get our faith from? From what God said. Amen? And this is what the Holy Spirit comes to make revelation and not just information in our hearts what God has said. So this isn't something where we just get in our own little cocoon and have our own little Holy Ghost experience. 
Because the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything apart from what God has said. He said he's not going to come and just tell you something out of his own head. He's going to tell you only the things that God has said. Amen? But he'll take things that you thought you heard before and he'll make them come alive and become real. So that now they're comfort and not just information. Amen? (laughs) This is actually really good. Amen? Aren't you glad for it? Are you feeling some comfort already or, or what? Okay, all right. All right, you can say woohoo or something. All right. We just, I just got a little bit more here. Okay, 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Sometimes when you hear somebody else getting blessed, you think that's just for them. No, every promise that God made is for me. Amen? When I got Jesus, all those things that he, he stood up and said I came to do, they're for me. Amen? They're mine now. But to be unaware of them, to not acknowledge them, to not access them. You know, you, you can have a, a wonderful doctor that you just never go see. You know, end up having all kinds of, you know, <laughs> especially a dentist, right? You know, those kind of things. <laughs> Who likes to go see the dentist? <laughs> but how many know that if you, oh, that's right. <laughs> Laura works at the dentist. <laughs> that's where she gets her livelihood. But if you don't go see the dentist, things are going to rise up that you didn't know were there because <laughs> it's kind of like things that are not seen are bothering you there too. Okay, let me keep going. All right. So how do we, how do we live in the comfort of, uh, of the Holy Spirit? We're just talking about the whole, Jesus came to be this for us, but how does it become applied in our life in a very real and, and applied way? It's going to be by his word. Amen? It's going to be by faith that we're accessing our relationship with him in a way that's taken us out of the realm of the vulnerable to the attacks into the realm of the I'm a more than an overcomer against the attacks. Amen? So Hebrews 6, 17. God also bound himself with an oath so that those he promised to help would be perfectly sure and never need to wonder whether he might change his plans. Isn't that interesting? So God bound himself to himself. He said, I have declared this. I'm making an oath on this. But again, it makes no difference to you if you don't have a relationship with God. This is why, that's why what the Holy Spirit does, first of all, is cause us to know God, to know his presence, to know his reality in our life. Just I mean, he's tangible. He's real. Amen? So that when he goes and... and Now that when you have that relationship with with him where he's overwhelming you and you're crying and you're doing all that kind of stuff, you know, and and you're swaying and you're all the... You know, (laughs) all the wonderful things that you, you can do in the presence of God. Now, when he says something, it means something to you because you've been with him. Amen? He has given us both his promise and his oath. Two things that we can completely count on. For it is impossible for God to tell a lie. Now all those who flee to him to save them. What is that? Somebody going there for comfort. Something they're going through. Right? And what do you, How many times do we just not even flee to him? We just endure. Oh, it's mine. Would you like to hear about what I'm going through? It's mine. 
You make... <laughs> there's, we're supposed to do that with God's word and his promise, right? There's a, claim, there's a song that says, It's mine, I have it now. It's mine, I have it now. In the word of God it's written, Jesus bore my sin and sicknesses, it's mine. I have it now. And people invert that and they say, it's mine. I have the sickness now. Would you like to hear about it? And it's like, uh, what does God have to say about it, right? <laughs> now all those who flee to him to save them can take new courage when they hear such assurances from God. Ah, it, it, this just is wonderful. Now they can know without doubt that he will give them the salvation he has promised them. You know, every promise in the word of God, there's nothing we can go through in our life that there's not a promise that will apply to it. Amen? And that really comes alive in a living relationship in the Holy Spirit. Amen? This is what the comforter has come to do, to take this reality of a promise from God and to make it apply to our life. And to become comfort. Amen? All right. Can we stand up? Can we say something here? And then I, I want to I just pray some stuff over us. Can we do that this morning? We can, we, can, we can do it over each other. Let's just apply some of this stuff today. Uh, you know, I, just, I encourage us. The Holy Spirit is, is, a, is a personality. He's here. He's, he doesn't impose. He doesn't bind. He doesn't make himself, make us do anything. You know, a lot of times we might like how we feel about something, so we might kind of put something on ourselves. But he's very real. And he's, he's not something, he's not someone that needs to be ignored, needs to be afraid of. We don't need to be afraid of what he might do. So much so that we miss out on his comfort, on what he's come to do for us. Amen? So let's just say these proclamations, and then we can, man, let's, let's just, as we do this, let's just sense the, the presence of the Holy Spirit here this morning, and let's just have, allow our hearts to be open and receptive to what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us this morning. Amen? So let's say this together. I have heard and responded to the truth of God's love in Christ, consecrating my life completely to the comfort I've found in him. What are we doing there? We're just making a declaration of salvation, aren't we? This is what's happened to me. But what does that mean? That means the comfort that I've found in salvation has brought me into a new creation. And from there, I'm being launched into evil. That pattern of turning to him for hope and direction has taken over every aspect of my life. You know, it's, it's good to not just say, hey man, that was a good idea what Pastor was talking about this morning. No, let's make it ours. You know what I mean? Let's say, this isn't just something that I, I, I wanted to, uh, to do sometime in my life. No, let's say, this is me now. Amen? That pattern of turning to him for hope and direction has taken over every aspect of my life. I welcome the Holy Spirit to completely fill with assurance of God's presence and the knowledge of his will. There is a promise of God for every challenge of life that enables the power of faith 
as I receive and act on its comfort. Sorry, I didn't get the I in there. I am a walking representative of God's amazing comfort. Oh, <laughs> well, say that and laugh with me just a little bit. You know, let's, let's, let's actually see ourselves as, as representatives of this. Amen? I am a walking representative of God's amazing comfort. Equipped as a messenger of its powerful truth. Oh, isn't that great? Amen? You know, this takes you out of the realm of seeing yourself under a cloud, under oppression. No, we've been delivered from that. Amen? And we declare it. (laughs) All right.